Roger doesn't have a video recorder, so we couldn't watch the tape in his house. These ads seem so old, don't they? I don't recall them at all, you know. Well, do you remember your man was um, in all the Statoil ads? Mm, oh, I do, yes, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, ladies. The fella from Statoil was on the telly that night, flirting with women. I was wondering, how do you take your coffee? White. You remember him. With sugar. The tall, blonde, oh, nice. self-assured Norwegian nice. who sold us petrol and croissants for a couple of years. Just the kind of Viking <laughs> Norwegian or whatever. Roger was on the telly that night too. Roger Downs from Dublin. January 2001. Were you told to wave? Oh yes, they made a big issue about waving and smiling and looking as happy as possible. He was a contestant in the quiz show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I should have put the word unlikely in there. Roger was an unlikely contestant. And you'll find out why as the programme unfolds. Silence in the studio, please. This is your question. Starting with the largest, arrange these Mediterranean islands in order of size. Starting with the largest. Crete. Cyprus, Sicily, Malta. Well, there was a phone number you could ring on RT, obviously, and I rang many times anyway with no luck. And eventually I got a call from someone to say I'd been shortlisted. It was a couple of days before the show, you know, they said, oh, you're allowed to have five phone of friends. I don't have many close friends, so I got two of my brothers. I got someone I play table tennis with. I got someone, a husband of someone I play badminton with, uh, a friend of my brother's, I think they were the five. who got there quickest? Two right answers, but Roger Dowd's beat it at 4.9 seconds. 4.9 seconds. Well done, Roger. There you go. You know, I wasn't one of these so-called professional quiz people, you know. I, you know, I, I'm not an outgoing enough person to be like that, really, you know. to like, People were astounded that I, I would think of going on who wants to be a millionaire now ladies and gentlemen our next contestant is roger dowds he works as a maintenance assistant in a nursing home and he lives in glasnevin in dublin and he specifically wants me to mention that his mother nora is deceased but would be very proud indeed to see him on this show why did you say that well, I still was getting over my mother's death somewhat at the time. She wasn't. She was about three years dead at the time, um, and she had been <laughs> such part of my life. <laughs> she probably was quite concerned about my future, you know, when she died. And if he won a million, he says he'd help the residents of the nursing home where he works to buy a place and run it however they please, and then he would love to have enough money. You know, because. You don't really believe you're going to be on and you go through a lot of questions, you know, what you might say in a circumstance. And I kind of said something very frivolous or expecting not to ever be saying anything, you know. All right, good luck to you. Let's play Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And for £100, answer this one, Roger. In the 1968 cartoon, what was the colour of the Beatles submarine? Was it blue, yellow, green or red? Um, yellow, OK. For £100, yellow is right. You've got £100, Roger. Financially, how were things at the time? Was that an, an interest for you? I, uh, yes, it was a factor. Um, I, I never... <laughs> 
I never had sort of full-time employment ever in my life. I was at the time working in this home, but, you know, I was only working part-time. And I might have done the odd little odd job, but, you know, I was on a, an extremely low income. So, you know, I suppose the money aspect could be significant to me in my position. And not the other name for the bill. Bill? It's my answer. For 500 pounds? Yeah. You got it. It's the bill. 500 pounds. Did you practice for it? No, there wasn't time to practice. I, I didn't practice at all. I remember going in the day and there were all the other contestants and they were, you know, some of them were poring over quiz books. And, I, you know, I just was trying to cope with being there and sort of like they made a tremendous day out of it. It was, you know, you were kind of treated like royalty. You know, we were chauffeur driven in and we, I think we got a very special lunch that no one else in RTE was getting. And <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, something different is happening today because I, I saw some of the people that I recognised who were actors in Fair City and, I don't know, one or two, someone who's in sport in RTE and, you know, different. You just saw these people and I don't know whether I'm starstruck or not. No doubt about that one. You have a £1,000. Gammon is the right answer. Now, you can never sit in the chair where Roger is sitting if you don't take those telephone numbers. They're 1550-7171-7171. I remember that phone number for the rest of my life. <laughs> Do you want to tell the audience what happened to you in Morocco, Roger? Well, I, oh, no, I don't. You're going to make me anyway. <laughs> I was there last month, in fact, in December. I didn't so really want to be distracted by anecdotes. No <laughs> Moroccan Durham, as they call the currency there, so being sort of a bit shy and retiring. I wanted to get rid of him and <laughs> all I could find was an Irish... Where does this sensitivity come from and this lack of confidence come from? Um, well, I'm still trying to work that one out. Um, well, I was un, un, uncommonly close to my mother and I was um, reluctant to go out into the world and do things as a result. I... I you know, it was almost reclusive in kind of way because I didn't go out and I, I did go to college for a while and it didn't work out. This is in your early 20s? Yeah, I was about 21 at the time. GAA fan, are you? I'm actually not particularly, but I am I had that answer before the counties came up, so I think I have, to, I have to go with that. Final answer, Kildare? Final answer. And it makes you worth £8,000, Roger. You know, my father, I suppose, was a little distant from us, you know. It was hard to um, get any sense of, you know, what he expected from us. Or, You know, I, I sort of feel in some ways he was a bit childlike, so sometimes I felt I, I was fighting for my mother's affection with him, you know. And and we had this kind of slightly niggly sort of relationship as a result. Um, and he was, you know, he was a great handyman around the house, tremendously good that way. Sometimes I'd be sort of roped in to um, assist, you know, to hold the hammer or to do this. And I always found this very um, traumatic. I, I, you know, I had this sense of, you know, that I was doing the wrong thing. You know, I wasn't... Um, 
I, I suppose we were all a bit on our own little wavelength. I was somewhat younger than the rest, so I, I think that um, separated me a bit. Um, I feel as it's, it's a historical question now, I have a brother who's, he is a bit of a historian, like he studied history, so um, I think maybe I should phone him. That's uh, my brother Robert. Your brother if... Robert. Okay. Robert. Hello. Hello, Robert. Yes, hello. Good evening to you. This is Gay Byrne on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Hello. And your brother Roger has made it to the hot seat, and he needs your help in answering the question, all right? Thanks very much. There are four possible answers to this question. The next voice you hear will be his, and Roger, you have 30 seconds starting now. Uh, Robert, uh, where did the Asgard land guns for the Irish volunteers in July 1914? Uh, was it Bannerstrand, Skerries, Hoth, or Arklow? Hoth. Thank you very much. You're sure about that? Um, yeah. About 95%. I, okay. thought it, I thought it might be that myself, so thank you. Okay, bye. Thank you very much. Bye. Um, I go with that. Um, Hoth. Hoth. Final answer? Final answer. Could Roger be right in saying hope for the answer? We'll take a break here. Come back to us after this. Thank you. Can you remember the day you decided that college wasn't for you or that college wasn't working out? Oh, I didn't feel part of anything uh, there. I, um, and, you know, I had all sorts of essays and assignments that I was supposed to have done and I hadn't started on anything and I... Just one day I, I didn't go in and uh, like I was so lacking in resources to deal with things then that I, I couldn't tell anyone. I actually um, pretended for a whole term to to go to college and I, I spent most of the days, you know, like a homeless person walking around town or um, whatever I did. I brought in my sandwiches as I, as I normally had done and my brother in particular was trying to get me to go back. He, but, you know, it just didn't seem possible, as simple as that. The Ascard land guns for the Irish volunteers in July 1914. He had to check with his brother Robert. Robert said Hoth. He went with Hoth. That was his final answer. And it means he's worth £16,000. You're listening to Flux with Ronan Kelly. In this programme, Roger Dowds, who, despite being extremely shy, decided to enter the quiz show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? The next question is worth £32,000, Roger. OK, Kay. have a look at it. Who was the first person to run a mile in under four minutes? I couldn't believe my luck with this question. Sebastian Coe, Harold Abrahams. You're shaking Eric your head. Yeah, because I'm going to know it before I, I see any answers. Well, I think you arranged this question for me because it just happens it's my namesake, Roger Bannister. I've always had an interest in athletics, so I'm quite sure about this one. Roger Bannister, in 1954, I believe it was. <laughs> Roger, don't confuse me with dates. I'm sorry, yeah. Just, sorry. I felt I should be offering more information. <laughs> Whatever about the angels, uh, Roger, I think Mum is looking after you as well, is she? Because you just won 32,000 The crowd seemed to get particularly... Enthusiastic at that point. 
They must have all those checks written out, do they? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. There's no writing involved. <laughs> £32,000. And you get to keep that. Nobody no can take what. that from you. No matter what, that's yours, okay. okay? And you're right, Bannister did run the mile in 1954. Okay. Not that we asked you, but thank no. you for telling us anything. <laughs> now you have 32,000... Did your mother encourage you to go out into the world? She did try and encourage me. When I left college, she was always looking at courses that I might do, you know, because I used to do the garden at home or I did a bit of cooking at home, you know. Oh, will you do a cookery course? Will you do a gardening course? Will you, you know, just to see me doing something. But then, you know, I gradually, as my parents got older, they, they became, started becoming infirm and I did become more of a benefit, you know, because I, I just became their, you know, chauffeur and stuff like that. Was it a time you felt good I, about yourself? I think I got, felt better, you know, that I, I had some little sense of duty in doing something. Because when I was first at home and my parents were still a bit active, you know, it was... You know, I remember literally um, sometimes if people came in during the day and maybe they thought I should be out, you know, I'd actually hide, literally hide under the bed, you know, a grown man in his 20s or uh, just to avoid, you know, having to explain myself. Or, that must have made you so angry. Um, I, I, you know, I was very... Um, I I couldn't express anger, you know, I was such a, I, I don't know, such a, well, withdrawn from anger. Like, I was angry some way, but I didn't recognise it as anger. I, uh, well, I was so full of self-hatred, I, I, you know, I didn't have any sense of self-esteem. So I think because of that, I couldn't do things at all. I, Where did the self-hatred come from? Well... I probably didn't have a sense of my father loving me. <laughs> I'd, I probably, you know, did crave something from him that I wasn't getting. You know, I didn't recognise that at the time, but, um, you know, he, I, you know I, I would hate to say he was, uh, you know, he wasn't a hateful person in any way. He, he, he'd had a, a traumatic upbringing. His, his mother had died when he was eight. Um... I think as I've nothing to lose, I shall go for Venus as my final answer. That's your final answer? Final answer. Venus, final answer. <laughs> you had £32,000, Roger. You now have 64 Biscuits are from the Waterford Cookery book. My Tea in Roger's house. Biscuits he's made himself that are sold in a country market. And on the table, a plate bought by his family as part of a set to support the Protestant side in the Feathered on Sea boycott. A sectarian row between Protestant and Catholic in Wexford in 1957. And she compiled a cookery book which seemed to go all around Protestant communities around Ireland. Roger's Protestantism has been significant for him. When he felt isolated as a child, the fact that he was part of a minority community emphasised that isolation. The fact that he was part of that small community has also drawn him out of the house into the world in a safe way. He travels miles to play racket sports in clubs which used to be exclusive to his church, 
something which is no longer the case, and he's glad of that. He goes out to play the organ at church services, and through the church community, he found work in a retirement home set up originally for Protestant residents. I mean, it has been a tremendous experience over the years. I, you know, I met some very special people who have, well, passed away because they were old. And I had a very... Well, my mother died at the end of 1997, and shortly after that, a woman called Joyce Shouldice came into the home, and she just was... Uh, tremendous, excuse me, crying, but gift to me at the time. She, just for her, you know, from the generation she came from, she was a person of rare understanding and she could tell her anything and she was unshockable and, um, you know, because of the kind of maybe slightly narrow environment I've been living in, I felt... um, you know, things had to be kept secret and um, kind of hidden. And, um, you know, suddenly I got this different perspective. I feel very strongly that it's, that it's Patrick Kavanagh. I think Louis McNeese died earlier than 1967. So I'll go for Patrick Kavanagh um, as my final answer. Final answer. Final answer, Gay. No turning back. No turning back. We've gone to Orange. That was one of the most surprising pieces of thinking I've seen on the show so far. And it's one of you are hopping Around the time I was on a once be millionaire, I started going to a counsellor who I'm still going to. I think she's, you know, helped with sort of relieving me of the, the awful kind of self hatred. Why did you decide you needed her? I got very friendly with a, a, quite an elderly man, and um, as I say, it was the summer just before I went to school and... Um, oh, sorry, college, yeah. And I used to go and visit him. And uh, unfortunately, um, you know, he started abusing me. And although I was 18, I you know, I suppose I was 12, you know, I'd, I, I hadn't had sex education of any kind. I, I, um, I did, you know, I didn't really consent to anything, but... I allowed this to happen for about a year and uh, I don't know because I suppose in some way I valued (laughs) his attention then I you know finally because I'd never not confided in my mother so I I did eventually confide in her about this and uh, it, it, it was a very difficult thing for her. She was used to kind of sweeping things aside, putting them under the carpet. 
Did I you? lost a little bit of something with my mother that day, you know. I'm sorry, I missed that. You, you what? I kind of lost a little bit of something with my mother. I, I, you know, I, I idealised her so much and, you know, she was so wonderful. And, um, and did you go back to the, the elderly man? I went once, but I, I didn't. I remember going once to the door and talking to him and I, I made up some outlandish story and, well, lies. <laughs> Um, so as a result of that, he, he, he you know, kind of didn't want to have anything more to do with me <laughs> anyway. Um, I suppose I pretended I'd gone off with someone else, you know. Um, <laughs> did he think there was something else in what you were doing? How do you mean, sorry? Well, did he see it as a, in the same way as you did or did he see it as something else? Did he see it as abuse or did he see oh, it as no, a relationship? I, I, no, he probably saw it as a relationship or something. Um, he, he, I don't think he, he would have had any sense of the <laughs> abuse I was feeling. Uh, at that point, um, I think I, I could have let anyone <laughs> do anything to me, you know, I... I You know, I'd so little self-esteem. I suppose I couldn't. I could, you know, I couldn't. You know, it's like as if I became mute and I couldn't shout stop. I'm very sure I know this one, Gay. <laughs> I couldn't believe the audience's response. <laughs> that we're gonna. Collapse. They're really behind you. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, then perhaps may I explain the situation yeah. you're in, Roger? You have £125,000. You walk now. There's the cheque. I have it. You can walk now with that. If you go for this and get it wrong, you lose £93,000. It's a bit drastic, all right. That's. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Um, I do know a bit about birds, and that is my final answer. Okay. Final answer. Final answer. You had a hundred and twenty-five thousand pounds, Roger. You now have two hundred. The old audience had won us themselves. Imagine having to take home a cartload of money. Or <laughs> if I want to shed a few tears now, I... All I was going through my head was that Gay Byrne himself had lost a lot of money. Don't start <laughs> crying on me at this day. <laughs> the next question is worth half a million pounds. I feel the... I want to look at it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> look at it. OK. Ah, now, what do you think of that? What does a vexil... Ologist study. I didn't think much. Vexillologist <laughs> um, study. Is it? I think my brain had seized up. I, I couldn't. Scorpions. Come up with anything. Flags. Or skin diseases. 
vexillologist. And if you look at me and say, funnily enough, gay, I know the answer. Funnily enough, I know You were very entertaining, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I was surprised, you know, how many people thought I was entertaining. No, um, I'll have to be quite honest. Were you disappointed um, you hadn't got an easy one? Well, I, I couldn't believe my luck up to that. I, I, you know, I was carried on in the tide of wanting to keep going, just not even to do with the money, just I was enjoying being up there in some way. So I, I didn't want to stop. <laughs> What's the word? I, I shall retire now, or whatever I should say. Um. To get all this positive feedback from other people was extraordinary. To, to feel I was, you know, worth something and people could admire me. And <laughs> it says, pay Roger Dowds £250,000. Take it with our blessing and our thanks. You were a lovely, lovely competitor and played extremely well. You deserve it. Thank you very much. Enjoy. Enjoy. And, and did friends and family deal differently with you afterwards? Not enormously. I, I, well, I think they admired me for having done it, but um, like I'm the youngest of my family and I think maybe I was always seen as very kind of vulnerable or sensitive or... And maybe they felt the less reason to be worried about my future. So what has that future been for Roger? What did he do with the hundreds of thousands? Well, he uses it as an income to supplement part-time work, gardening and house-minding. It also allows him time to visit elderly people and do messages for them. I was persuaded that I, you know, that I absolutely had to get an alarm for the house. I went on a nice organised cycling holiday in France, I remember. and I went skiing. I'd never been skiing. Curiously, Roger counts his winnings from who wants to be a millionaire, not in terms of money, but in measures of self-confidence. Well, I think I'm a lot less shy than I was, perhaps. I'm, you know, I've more sense of well-being within myself, you know. I don't, I don't have the awful self-hatred. In his modest house, with his very modest car outside, Roger has one luxury to show for his night on the telly with Gay, a piano organ. That's the programme. Thank you for listening. You can write to flux at rte.ie That's flux at rte.ie Or to myself, Ronan Kelly, RTE Radio 1, RTE Dublin 4.